Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy, howdy, folks, and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. I'm in a really good mood today, and it's been an extended good mood, which began on Friday. On Friday, out at the barn, I had a jam session. And we all should by now know how important jam sessions are to the bluegrass way of life. And so I had a little jam session. It was something I had kicked around with a couple of my old picking pals from up in Atlanta. I just tossed out the idea, and several of them had left messages with me saying, hey, we need to get together and pick. And I had tossed out a date as a potential and... I didn't really hear back from anybody. And then two days before that date, which I had completely forgotten about, um, one of them called me and said, so uh, we'll be down there on Friday. What time should we get there? And I was like, uh, Friday? Fri- oh, oh, yeah, Friday. So very quickly, I uh, remembered what I had said and uh, started planning for Brad's Barn Jam, probably like number 12 of the past 12 months anyway and i was i was happy i just thought maybe they weren't interested because i hadn't heard back from from them now this is different than my weekly jam that i've been having out at the barn where i've been trying to pick up the slack from the the local pizza place pat's place who has not been able to have jam sessions or or even it's not really a jam session well, they haven't been able to have anything, you know, they, they haven't been able to have indoor dining, uh, you know, you know, all this stuff. So I was trying to pick up the slack and provide a, you know, a little bit of picking for myself and for the others, uh, just out here in my barn. And that has been going on steadily with, you know, I've talked about it some anywhere from, I think f- four people to up to maybe 11. Um, anyway, this is different than that. This was some of the guys from Atlanta, some of my old bandmates and longtime friends. We were going to get together down here. And once I knew that they were, in fact, coming down here last Friday evening, I decided to also throw the net a little wider to the local pickers and say, hey, we're doing this thing. I want you to come, too. I want you to meet these people. And actually, they had met them several times in the past years ago and things like this. Basically, I threw the net pretty wide on this particular jam session. And as we go through this stuff, I may talk a little bit about that jam. I will just tell you, it's, um, it's one of those things that I, I have said many times, or at least a few times, that uh, in your lifetime, you will be able to count on one hand, the fingers of one hand, the number of truly excellent, just magical jam sessions that you were in. And I'm going to say this, this one was one of those. It, it was, and I, I, in my mind, I can think of some of the other of the, you know, the top five jams I've ever been in, involved in. This was one of them. And I don't know whether, you know, there's probably a factor involved that involves, well, You know, like if you were crossing the desert on your hands and knees and your canteen sprung a leak and you ain't had a a drink in more than a week 
and you come upon a, a, a murky old uh, puddle or you're, you're sucking the juice out of a cactus leaf, that's probably the best drink of water you ever had. You know, uh, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that in there. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's up there. It was up there in the top five. I'm, I'm, I, I, I just can't tell you how much fun it was. We started at about, well, a few of the guys got down here about four o'clock on Friday and I had done some cleaning up and mowing and get some snacks and I made a pot of chili and had that cooking overnight and just putting some ice in a cooler and some just stuff like that, just getting ready. And I pretty much spent the whole day Friday just anticipating the jam. And, uh, you know, the guys started arriving. We're catching up on old times and talking. And pretty soon the instruments start coming out. And then I had uh, told the local guys, uh, just come at 6 o'clock. I don't know when it will end. I don't know. So the locals started you know, arriving around that time. And, uh, it turned out we had 12 musicians and I don't say that lightly. I'm, I'm using the word musicians as opposed to pickers. Um, it was a very good jam session. It was just more than you could dream of. And it was good. You know, we had people of different experience levels. Um, but there's something that, you know, like rising water lifts all the boats, you know? When when you sit down in a jam session, and I, I've probably talked about this before, if you sit down in a, in a jam and everybody in the jam is a beginner or learning or, you know, been doing it a couple of years or something, the level is only going to rise so high. But when when you add some players who have decades and decades and decades of experience and talent, it lifts all boats. And so even, even the less experienced player plays better and they, it's an opportunity to absorb from one another uh, for those who've been doing it longer. It, it's, it's like, you can talk and talk and talk about how to play bluegrass, but you're not really going to learn it until you expose yourself directly to it. Anyway, so there was a little bit of that happening too. And uh, I said I wasn't going to talk all about that jam session. What I want to talk about, oh, I will say this. Um, I think it's a good idea to have your food. Have Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um what I want to do in this episode is to convince you, because Lord knows, every bluegrasser at one point or another, or constantly, is wishing they had a place to pick and some people to pick with. Everybody does that, no matter how long you've been in it. You know, and what I'm saying to you in this episode, and I'm going to try to give you some direction to make that happen, is that... If you want to play bluegrass music, go make it happen. Just take it upon yourself. Put yourself in charge. Appoint yourself president of the your own bluegrass jam and do the work and it will happen. 
This is what you have to do. You want something to happen. Like, let's say you want a doghouse. You can sit around and hope someone might realize that you want a doghouse and just bring you a doghouse. Now, is that going to happen? Or if you're maybe just telling all your friends, well, I sure could use a doghouse. That's just pathetic. Get you some wood, get your hammer and nails, and build your doghouse. You know? It's, it's so much easier that way. And you get the doghouse of your dreams. Well, sometimes. <laughs> you know, you may also hit your thumb with a hammer. But uh, you'll learn something in the process. Anyway, this episode is about how to host a bluegrass jam. Just my experience on that. But before I get into my little list of scratched out notes, I want to in particular thank my newest Patreon supporter over at patreon.com slash Bradley Laird. That would be Sue. Thank you very much, Sue. Sue and I have uh, emailed back and forth a couple of times on some subjects and uh, she stepped up to the plate and uh, I just want to tell you thanks, Sue. I, I have a couple of other things. I, I got one of these um, do me a favor emails from a guy. And I also have another thing that I want to tell you about, but I'm going to save it for next time because I, this list is sort of long. And I, so I'll just sideline those couple of other little items till next time. And y'all pardon my squeaky chair. I'm in this old, this chair was made in 1860. <laughs> and it's squeaky. Oh, so forgive me for that. Okay. So you want to have a jam session and nobody else is making it happen. Or maybe there are some other jams, but you've been to them and it just wasn't, wasn't up to par. Now, I will say this. Before you, like, let's say there's a jam session going in, in your area. And you've been going. And you're not too pleased with how it's been going. I wouldn't suggest that you, um, you know, just immediately say, well, I'm going to make my own jam session. And I'm going to get some of these people to come over and have a, you know, starting a, a competing jam session is not what I'm encouraging. I would encourage you first to try to improve the jam session that you are attending. You can't take it over. Like if somebody's having a jam session at their house, you know, it's the castle doctrine. It's, it's their house. It's their rules. It's their, you know, but if you can improve it, if there's something missing at the jam, talk to the jam master and, see if you can make some of those things happen. You know, maybe it's as simple as having um, better chairs to sit in or something, you know, maybe you can improve the jam that you're going to. And I can tell you absolutely as one who has hosted and started even, you know, just a jam, like a one-off jam where you, it's just, we're going to jam and that's it. It's a one-time thing or regular jam sessions where you're trying to get a thing going on Tuesday nights or something. If anybody ever came up and said, is there anything I can do? Could I, could I help? Could I, could I handle taking care of like the chips and salsa or something? You know, I would have been, absolutely. I'm making you in charge of the chips and salsa committee. Thank you. Thank you, man. Because it's a lonely job is what I'm saying. <laughs> so if you can help out the jam that you're currently attending, you could probably make it better and maybe turn into a good thing. Um, one of the things, um, well, let's just go through the list. 
if I were going to host a jam, and I just did. So this is sort of, you know, how I did that. Uh, number one item on the list. You need a place. You need to find a place. And depending upon how big of a jam you think it might become, and it's probably going to start small, it could be two people. That's a jam. Three, four, five, six, seven. So you need a place where those people can play music and that you can make them comfortable and happy. Because if they're comfortable and they're happy, they will enjoy it and the music will be better. And everybody has a great time and they'll want to do it again. And it doesn't have to be sophisticated. Uh, do take the weather into account. You wouldn't want to have a, a jam, you know, on your back porch when it's 20 below zero. Um, you also wouldn't want to ha have a jam in your kitchen, which is, I've had jams right here in this kitchen where I'm sitting. Moved, moved the tables out of the way and just had, uh, we've had 15 people in this kitchen, dining room, big room here. Um, just pull, pull the furniture back and it was standing jam. You wouldn't want to do that if your wife was on a, uh, important conference call with her work and you know, you're going to disturb, you know, you have to find a place that's appropriate. You could have it on your front porch. You could have it on your patio. You could have it out by the pool. You could have it at your little clubhouse down at the, uh, at the apartments you live in. You could have it at just in your house. I've been to jam sessions that were in a house with 50 or 60 pickers in a house. And there was a different jam going on in every room. Bedrooms, cases piled all over beds, and a jam going on in this room, and another room, and another room, and another room, and outside. I've done that. Well, I haven't done that at my house, but I've been to those. But you need a place. You don't have to necessarily go hit up a, a business establishment and ask them, could we have it here? I mean, you might do that, especially if they have an outdoor patio or a, you know, a gazebo or something like that. There are, just use your creativity and find a place. And when you're choosing a place, say, would I like to sit here for three hours and play bluegrass at this spot? You know, because it could be there's big trucks running by and it's it's hot and it's, uh, you know, so think about would you like to sit there for three years, uh, three, three years, oh, I'm dreaming, uh, three hours. And if you wouldn't like it, but probably other people aren't going to like it, you know, and kind of forget about, oh, it's picturesque. Oh, what, you know, that little gazebo down by the four lane highway. I wouldn't pick that, you know, it's probably too noisy. So. That's first thing. Find a place. Start making mental lists of like, where could I do this? Where could I have five of my favorite bluegrass pickers come and we just sit around and pick? And for me, that's practically anywhere. Although I don't like to sit out in hot sun in the middle of the day in South Georgia. I don't like that. I don't like getting rained on. Um, you know, I like, I think it, most of these jams are better if you have uh, seating available, comfortable chairs with no arms on them, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, benches, whatever. You, you can have standing jams, but uh, anyway, find a place. So start looking around. Just imagine, well, what if we had a bluegrass picking right here, over there? Right here. Pick yourself a spot. That's first thing. 
because you got to tell them where to go. So that's where you're going to go. And I would say this too, uh, remember that if you just have it on your own place, then it relieves you of a lot of the responsibility for various rules and regulations and this and that, you know, because it's, it's your place and, you know, you can set how things are going to go or, you know, eject someone if you need to or whatever, you know what I mean? Where you start talking a business into doing it like a, like a little pizza place or something, well, then you have to negotiate those things with them. There are advantages if you've got somebody who's, willing and interested to host a jam at a at a little restaurant bar coffee shop that's does have advantages because it relieves you of worrying about bathrooms food and drink you know air conditioning sometimes or so there are advantages so maybe you can find a place like that but number one is find a place number two you need some pickers and not just any pickers. You need to begin by finding a core. Build a core. The core could just be you. I, I know a guy that has had a many a jam session, and he's the core. He plays the banjo. He sings. And that is important. You need someone who sings. You need at least one person at your jam who could sit on a stool and play all by himself and never stop song after song after song after song you need that person and i think secondarily you need for a true bluegrass jam you need probably a minimum of two people who can play something that resembles a solo so you could have a guitar player who sings and knows 50 songs or has a book and he only knows 10. That's, a, you know, you, you take what you can, you can get. But if you got that guitar player singer who's been singing for 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, he knows them. He don't need no book. He's, you know, that guy will carry your jam session. So you need to court someone like that, a singer. Usually they'll end up being a guitar player, but sometimes, sometimes others. Then you need to find a couple of instrumentalists who can take some breaks because you're not going to have a good bluegrass jam session if nobody can take a solo. Now, maybe that's you. Maybe you're the one who can, who can take some solos, but let's say you're a mandolin player. Who wants to sit in a jam session where every solo is a mandolin break? Mandolin kickoff, mandolin break, mandolin break, mandolin break, mandolin. You know, come on. You need it find yourself at least two. You know, think in terms of like um, the bare bones bluegrass band, like the Dillards, where you got a mandolin player and a banjo player, a guitar and a bass. You could take the bass away and you still could knock out some bluegrass. You got the guitar playing rhythm, you got a banjo and a mandolin. But you knock out, let's say just you're down to nothing but a mandolin and a guitar. Yeah, you can play together, but it's not really a bluegrass thing. I mean, go listen to Skaggs and Rice. It's good music. And if that's all you can do, do that. And then begin to invite some other people. Try to find maybe a minimum of two people who can take some solos and get yourself at least one singer. Then you can just go fishing for other folks. Ask those people, who else do they know? Because they may know some people that you don't know. 
Um, you got to find some more people and invite way more. You know, only half the people you invite will actually come. Unless word gets around that it was really good and then more of them will come and so on. But begin building a bluegrass band and try to actually get a commitment from that core before you throw out the invitation to everyone else and even before you set the date and time. Get the core committed. Because bottom line is this. If you and the core get together, you're going to have a good jam session even without anybody else. And who knows, it might even turn into a band or something one day. But get your core, get a commitment from them, and talk to them about the date and time. Because if the date and time is not suitable for the core, your jam is going to fall flat. Get the core, make sure everybody's squared away on the dates and times, and you have a firm commitment from them. Then the next step, well, that was step three, get a commitment from the core. Step four is to send out your invitation. Because by now you've built up this list of who you want to invite. Don't just invite one fiddle player because, you know, the fiddle player might not come. Then you have no fiddle. Invite several or at least talk to them. Try, you know, go fishing for people. Send out your invitation. I like to include RSVP in my invitations, whether they go out by text or by email or whether I call someone. I like to ask them, say, you know, do you mind telling me if you plan to attend or not? Because that helps guide you in who to invite. And this is particularly important when you get to bass players. Because basically, if, you, if you're doing a little three-hour jam and you have one good, solid, competent bass player, that's all you really need. If a, a second one shows up, generally what they will do is alternate. Well, I don't really know that tune. Here, why don't you play a while? I'm going to go eat some chili. You can, you can deal with two if they're friendly and they're not both trying to like, I'm going to be the bass player all night long. You know, I came here to play the bass and that's what I'm going to do. Mostly people aren't like that. Um, so you can get away with two, but imagine you invited four bass players. What are they going to do? At any given time, three of them are going to be standing around wondering why they came to this jam and wondering why did you invite four bass players? So bass is probably the exception to this rule. You know, if you have, well, let me think. At, at, uh, at the jam, uh, let me see if I could remember. At the jam I had on Friday, we had, well, we had people who played multiple instruments too. Like, for example, I played mostly dobro. I played some mandolin. And I played a little bit of bass. We had another guy who was playing mostly bass. We had two banjo players. No, three. Three banjo players. But one of those banjo players also played mandolin. And I actually saw him playing bass on a couple of tunes too. And then we had some... I don't know, three or four guitar players uh, and a mandolin player who only played mandolin. But then again, I played some mandolin too, and so did another guy. And we had a fiddle player who just played fiddle all night. So that was 12 people, but some of the people were swapping off, you know, helping out as required or just because they wanted to. 
that mandolin that I built, I pulled it out and it was passing it around. So, you know, there were several people trying that out because I wanted to hear it. You know, I wanted to hear it from the other side in a real bluegrass context. First time that mandolin has been played in a jam and I was pretty impressed. Okay, so you've got your, send out your invita invitation. Email is good. Remember, you know, tell them what it is. Tell you know, who, what, when, where, why. Uh, text messages work well. Um, and if you're not getting the RSVPs, pick up the phone and call them. Nothing like a personal one-on-one -on -one phone call to invite someone to something. Now, this is all after you have the core committed and you have a date and you have a place. Date, time, place. Start working on people. Don't, don't twist their arms, but you, what you're trying to do is help you decide who else you might want to talk to. Because if you got a good, solid bass player lined up, well, you know you don't have to chase down a bass player. Okay. Um, the fifth item. Make your place where you're going to have it, prepare, make it as inviting as possible, as enjoyable as possible. You know, with, you don't have to spend a bunch of money or anything. And by the way, this, this last jam, I provided uh, a pot of chili, a couple of bags of like tortilla chips and salsa and cheese dip, some boiled peanuts. Uh, what else I have? And a cooler full of just clean ice, a stack of those uh, blue Solo cups, and a, I, I took my Berkey water filter out there. So about two gallons of just water, just good old Georgia well water run through the filter. That's what I provided. And I put on the invitation, BYOB, and you be your own you know, you're in charge of your own jam or the place may have particular, you know, like if you're going to jam at a church, you're, you're probably not going to say BYOB on your invitation. But, you know, if you're having it at your place and you're totally cool, that's a that's just a good way to do it. You just let people take care of that on their own. Let them be responsible for themselves. This isn't throwing a party, you know. If I were throwing a party, I'd probably have the number two wash tub full of ice and like three cases of beer in it or something, you know. But, uh, you know, for a little jam session type thing, I always end my invitation with RSVP and BYOB. And you may have other, other things you want to say, like be sure you park you know, around the corner or whatever you need to do, but make your place as inviting and comfortable as possible. Have a little bit of food, drinks, cups, ice. I have a little mini fridge out in the barn and some, some people I'll tell, Hey, you know, like they show up, I saw a guy come and he had like, he had, uh, I forget what kind of beer they were, some kind of really cool, uh, craft beer. And he had two of them in a little paper sack. I said, hey, there's a fridge over there. Stick them in the fridge, you know. Um, anyway, try to try to accommodate people with, you know, what they what will make them comfortable. I also like to have a a, a coffee maker um, all loaded up, ready to go. All I have to do is push the start button, you know, as it's getting on till about 10 o'clock. I'll walk over there and hit start button. Of course, I got the cream and the sugar and the cups and all that stuff. A lot of people like to, you know, 
drink a cup of coffee at the end of the evening and so on. So I, I could do without it myself, but I always do that. Uh, so try to make your guests comfortable. You are the host. Now, during the jam, from the time the first, even before they arrive, but from the time people arrive, you're the host. So be the hostess with the mostest. Um, and you are also the facilitator during the jam session. Now, maybe you're not going to actually run the jam. Like, there was a good bit of time at that jam. And by the way, we it finally wound down at 2.30, maybe 3 o'clock in the morning. We were down to three people. We were just playing Texas fiddle tunes. We had a guitar, fiddle, and I was playing bass. And that's how we, it wound up. But it went through various phases. And so you may not be the jam master throughout the whole jam because there are other people who are there, probably that guitar player, singer, he's probably competent to do that. But, you know, what I've seen at a lot of jam sessions is guy... You know, he's got a song in mind, a singer. And you got two banjo players and two mandolin players and a fiddle player and a dobro. And he suggests a song. Well, in his mind, he's thinking there are two verses and a chorus. And we're going to end with a chorus. That's three breaks. So if he's not so good at a bigger jam, he may say, hey, you know, Charlie, play that banjo break and throw the break to the banjo player. We just skip the mantel player and the dobro player to his left. And the banjo break, then he goes back second verse. Then he looks at the fiddle player. And he says, take it, Mikey. And Mikey plays a great break. Then he comes back, sings the final chorus, end of the song. Well, a whole bunch of people just got skipped. So if you're there and you notice that, you, you might try to extend the breaks, double the breaks, you know, at the first break, instead of just having banjo, maybe go banjo, dobro. Then on the next break, go mandolin, fiddle, and then maybe back to the other mandolin player. So that may be your role to kind of step in and help facilitate that a little bit. And I want to suggest something to all of you listening who want to do this, either as a host or as a participant. I, I wrote a little ebook. It's a free ebook, which you can get on my website called The Ten Jamandments Discussed. I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I'll mention it again. It's free. Just download I forget. I think it's like 60-something pages. And uh, it, it's more written from the uh, to be a guide for someone who is attending, you know, the first Bluegrass Jam, that, or, or, you know, they're just not, have not gone to a lot of jams that wonder how they work, and I try to decode the whole thing. And I think you will enjoy it. But it can also serve as a little bit of a handbook for how to run a jam. So whether you're just a participant or you're the host, these same things can apply. And, and everything in that book are just suggestions and observations that I've made. So go get it. I will put a, a, a link on the show notes page for today's episode. Just go to grasstalkradio.com. Go all the way to the bottom of that long, 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 long list. Hit this episode, click that, and I'll put a link to the Ten Jamamets Discussed free ebook. Download it, read it, tell me what you think. And if you have any additional thoughts on the subject, send me an email and tell me about it. 
But that's a good place to start is that thing. Okay. As you are the facilitator and the host, if, if someone is being neglected, maybe they're just too shy, or maybe the person who is sort of acting as the jam master. See, typically the way I do it is whoever is singing lead, they're in charge of, like, calling out the breaks. You know, take it, Mike. How about, how about you, Mr. Dobro? You know, you forgot his name or something. I kind of leave it to the lead singer to do that. But if he's not doing it, he or she, uh, you know, step in and take charge and try to let people know ahead of time, you know, it's coming to you. Because sometimes people will shake them off. They'll be like, no, <laughs> not me, you know. And you, get, you go to the next. And you're there in the middle of that chorus and you're looking. You're looking ahead, trying to make eye contact and go, you, you know. And I, that's talked about in this Ten Commandments discussed. But what I'm saying is it's a better jam if somebody does it. So it may, it may have to be you. So make sure people are not being neglected. Add breaks if you need to. Add extra whole round of breaks is a good way to do it. You know, as you get toward the end, the singer has run out of verses. Take one massive long solo where everybody, you're going around clockwise or counterclockwise, and anybody who wants one is going to get one, you know? So if you have to be the jam master, do it. But do it and try to not appear like an authoritarian control freak, you know? <laughs> try to act like you're just trying to be the facilitator and the host, okay? All right, next thing. I like it, the way we set things up here at the barn, the way I set things up here at the barn. I got a big picking area in one section of the barn. Then over on the other side of what was the old stage backdrop, that's where I put the food and the drink and the dart board. We were playing darts out there too because sometimes 12 is just too much. You got these couple of other bass players who, uh, you know, one of them's not playing right then. And so, you know, He's out there playing darts with this other mandolin player, and they're talking, they're getting to know each other, becoming friends, you know. Or there already are friends, and they're just catching up. And it's nice to have that area segregated just a little bit so that all that chatter and joke telling and horsing around and all that doesn't disturb the musicians or vice versa. So if you can, you know, like have the pickers in the living room and the food in the kitchen. That'll make for a smoother jam session. It gives a place. You want a place where people can talk to each other. If you do your jam in just a one single room, there's not going to be a lot of talking and, and going, conversation going on because you're disturbing the music. So try to make two areas. A talking, horsing around, goofing around, meet and greet type of spot and the picking spot. And they can be close, but you just want them there to be a little bit of division there. As host, item seven, take it upon yourself. Make sure you introduce yourself to everyone who comes. If you don't already know them, and you probably already know them because you invited them. But, there, but sometimes someone will bring someone with them. So find out who they are, you know, introduce yourself, welcome them. Make sure you make sure that you have interacted with every person who comes. If you don't, you are not a good host. 
So take the time to do that, even if you don't get a chance to sit there and play mandolin all night long. Get up and do your host duties, too. Introduce people to each other. Um, you know, when, like at, at one point we had about six, seven people there, and they were already playing. And a guy walks in, he's got his case in his hand. When the song ends, I stopped, stood up, introduced this guy to the rest of them. Some of them already knew him, some didn't. Hey, this is, this is Dave. Dave plays mandolin, and I go around the room. That's Buddy, that's Mike, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Now he feels welcome. Try to do that. You'll miss, maybe you won't do that on in every occasion, but try to introduce people to each other. Okay, let's see. Now, as it's winding down, try your best to not let people slip away without you noticing that. They're, they're starting to put their stuff in the case. You know? Get up, go over there, talk to them, thank them for coming. Tell them goodbye, tell them drive safe, watch out for the deer. And, you know, try to not let anybody slip away without saying thank you to them. And then... What I like to do is the following day, I've got my email list or I've got my text list. It may only be eight people. I send out a little thank you. And I always like to send it to the whole list, even the people who didn't come. Just a little recap. You know, just say, hey, I want to thank everybody that came to the jam last night. That was great. I sure appreciate everybody that came. And those of you who, who couldn't come, I hope you'll be able to make it next time as opposed to just thanking only the people that, that did come. Because if you didn't come, you weren't there. You don't know how it went. So it's good to tell them how it went. You know, we had, we had five people. We had a great time. It was, uh, you know, you don't have to tell the whole thing. Uh, but it's good to do a little follow-up, send a little thank you, little little something, to let them know that you appreciate them coming and uh then you only have one thing left to do when aside from you got to clean up but you know what i've noticed at somebody as it's winding down there's always two or three people running around cleaning up is this your cup pouring stuff out in the grass and like cleaning up fixing up the trash bags do you want me to take this in the house for you and i'm like no 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 stop stop i can get i'll get all this stuff and you know as it winds down Anyway, you only have one job left after the jam, after you've thanked people, and that is start planning the next one. So that's my tips and advice for how to host a jam session. Do go get that 10 Jamandments Discussed free ebook, and you can find that at bradleylaird.com. All you have to do... I, if you scroll down through the, the, all the banners of the, of the various sections, when you're at bradleylaird.com, just scroll down, you're going to see a banner, horizontal banner there that says 10 Jamamas Discussed. Click that. It'll tell you how to get it. And uh, again, uh, thank you to anyone who has purchased any of my videos, ebooks, and courses uh, from my store, which is at payhip.com slash bradleylaird. And also, not just Sue, but to the other patrons, thank you to any of my Patreon supporters who chip in a little to, uh, you know, it's throwing a little money in the old tip jar. 
to keep this thing going. I do appreciate all of you. And if you would like to do that, you too will be appreciated. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Bradley Laird. So y'all have fun. I don't know what music I'm going to play. I'll decide that when I hit the stop button on this thing, but I'll throw a little bluegrass at you. And uh, y'all take care and have a jam session. Well, now, mama don't allow no music played around here. She don't allow no music played around here. We don't care what mama don't allow. Gonna pick a little music anyhow. Mama don't allow no music played around here. And now mama don't allow no guitar picking around here. She don't want no guitar picking around here. Now, fuss old Bob ain't in the starting, but he's gonna pick his 51 morning. Mama don't allow no guitar picking around here.